Good afternoon. It's Jennifer Bukowski filling in for Gary and politically divided families. We've got a couple stories here that are interesting on two of the tightest Senate races in the country, one out of Nevada and one out of Georgia. Adam Laxalt is uh, running for the U.S. Senate against a Democrat incumbent in Nevada and 14 of his family members wrote a letter endorsing his opponent for U.S. Senate. A lot of us have politically divided families, but should your family loyalty prevent you from like speaking out against someone that's seeking public office? What do you think? 573-874-9390. You can call or text. But I just think that this is a jerk move, you know, for the family to go out of their way to like publish this public letter all basically saying this is about their family member don't vote for him they don't personally attack him they're just endorsing his opponent but i will say on the other side of the coin that herschel walker continues to be plagued by family members uh, coming out and speaking out against him his son spoke out against him saying that you know his dad was not involved in his life and uh, his dad everyone begged his father not to run and the family because all this stuff would come out about abortions and all this other all these other things that they knew about and he refused to listen to anyone the interesting thing about his son christian is that he uh is a big republican like pictured with trump He's on the right. He's very involved with that. And he is speaking out against his father, saying that his father's a liar and all of these other things. Herschel Walker says, I love my son. Thank you for making me a better man. But that's awkward. And then Herschel Walker's mother has now spoken out because Herschel Walker said that his grandma was full blood Cherokee. And his mom says otherwise. This is from the Huffington Post. And he said at a campaign event late last month that his grandmother was a full-blood Cherokee and that means he's a Native American. Quote, my mom just told me that my mom, grandmother, was full-blood Cherokee, so I'm Native American. I'm a super mutt, he continued. I don't know what I am, but this was so funny. This was so funny. I said, Mom, why you never say anything to us? She said, back in my days, a lot of Native Americans were treated worse than blacks. And Walker has been claiming for months that he had significant Native American ancestry, saying each time that he just learned the news from his mom at a January campaign event at the University of Georgia, he said he had just found out that his mother's is 40 percent Native American. The math is not working out here. If your grandma is a full blood Cherokee, your mom would be 50 percent Native American, not 40, Herschel. But uh, he has repeated this claim at four campaign events in May. Big part Native American, always saying that he just found it out. This is a blunder because his mom is saying, no, we're not. I was I was told that my grandmother was kin to the Cherokee. I never said we were that my mom was full blooded Cherokee. And I will say that this kind of concerns me. It's just like one thing after another with this guy. Who is he? What is his judgment? You saw what happened with Elizabeth Warren. You should have seen it, where she's falsely claiming to be a Native American. And why is it that you're coming up with these claims without having receipts on something as big as this in such an important race down in Georgia? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? 573-874-9390. Would, I don't know if I... 
can blame Herschel Walker's family for speaking up because it's related to the family. Like him claiming to be involved, like black father should be involved in the home. And the son's like, you were never there. You cheated all the time. You're not this Christian married man that you claim to be. Um, And then claiming that he's a Native American. The mom saying, uh, no, I didn't say that because she he was bringing up her name. So that's a little different. Not quite as disloyal. What do you think, Brian? But the Laxalt thing, I mean, what a bunch of jerks. I don't know. I, I just kind of think the Republicans don't vet candidates very well. Before you say, hey, this is our guy, don't you do a background check at least to see if there's any skeletons? I mean, I they certainly do, yeah. would. Right. And Well, they missed a few things, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, I, the word is that they knew about it. They just thought the abortion thing wouldn't come out. Oh, come out. on. They actually they knew have, about it? Unlike like, the uh, stuff with continue, Kavanaugh oh, and wow. all these other things where they have no evidence, they have hearings, they still have no evidence. This They have like court records showing he paid child support to this woman who claims he also paid for abortion. Uh, well, if a you card knew about and it, a check. you should have had a way to defend that claim and put it to rest immediately. Yeah. And here it is, you know, election in almost November. and But it's, uh, it's it just, getting harder and harder to give them the benefit of the doubt because we're seeing, like, with this Native American thing, like, inconsistent statements on something that he should know better than to fudge the numbers on or um, be uh, unclear about and inconsistent right. on. I mean... A lot of times I think Republicans... Uh, what else put, will he be lying about if yeah. he gets elected? It just seems like they bank... The Republicans seem to always bank their uh, candidates on, well, Herschel Walker is a known football player and... Uh, well, name he's the rec- Republican. I understand. But name recognition alone will launch that candidate to the seat that they want. And... I don't know. It just is disappointing. Well, Trump endorsed this guy. I know. But Trump should have been shown this opposition research and made a different decision down there because that, this seat was ours to lose. And I don't know how it's going to shake out because we're going to talk with Scott Fawn about this. But it's looking a lot better for Republicans to take back the Senate. I'm not so sure about Herschel Walker, if he should be in the Senate. No more than if I were a Democrat, I'd really have to ask myself if John Fetterman should serve in the Senate. Right. You really do. If the guy cannot hear, he can't get in debate, he can't make deals for your state, and he's not been forthcoming or honest about his health, should he be trusted with that important of an office? And the latest polling is, uh, it looks like it's uh, 52 to 45. That was uh, two days ago. Uh, though I'm talking about the Warnock-Walker And who's ahead? Uh, Warnock, hmm. fifty-two forty-five, and that—that's a shame because their governor Kemp is way ahead. So I mean, Herschel should be walking away with this, but all this should stuff be. is coming out, and of course, it comes out in October. Yep. They have October. They have late-breaking surprises after the primary is done, so you can't fix the candidate situation, which is just another game that everybody plays. Uh, so. We'll have to wait and see on that. In the meantime, uh, it is Fresher Buns Friday, so if you want to call or text 573-874-9390, there's actually a story that came up that I agree with Gavin Newsom about. He signed, what? Yeah. He's apparently signed a bill. It's like the Freedom to Walk Act. This is the most libertarian thing I've ever seen this guy do. And it would allow... Um, people to walk across the street not at intersections when it's safe to do so without getting ticketed or whatever 
So he's legalizing jaywalking. I think that's fine. Like, I think if there's no cars coming and my yeah. car is right there or the store I need to go to is in the middle of the block, why should I be criminalized for walking across the street? I'm like an adult. They don't need to babysit me. I can walk across the street and make that decision myself. How do myself. they enforce that now? I mean, well, do they actually have beat officers out in the street and say, hold, hold, hold up. I, just I was out in college. I was uh, an officer in the accounting organization, and we had a conference in California, and we got a warning no kidding. for illegally jaywalking. Wow. Stopped by a cop, and they didn't give us a ticket, but they could have, I guess. Were and they on a bike, or do you remember? I, I believe on foot. On foot. Wow. I think. Actually, I don't remember. I should ask, uh, ask people who were with me, but I was just stunned, like... Are you serious? Like, there's no cars coming. You're telling us that we could get a ticket right now? And we had no money either. So that was really scary, the fact that you could get a ticket in California like that. I did not have funds in my bank account to pay any sort of ticket back in those days, let me tell you. Uh, so it's interesting, but I'm fine with, like, jaywalking. Actually, one time I accidentally jaywalked as I was meeting our police chief right. for lunch. And he, like, chuckled because I was like, oh, hi. And I walked across the street on Walnut. And then he's, like, laughing like he just jaywalked right in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even think that should be a rule. I really don't. Do you? And there was no cars coming or anything? Did you well, use I, the crosswalk feel like or did you? Run into traffic? No. I went in the middle of the block okay. from once, you know. Well, I think everybody has done that one time or another. And that should There's be a no, crime. Yeah. I mean, come on. Gavin Well, Newsom, I think they'll argue got, that just because... If there's a stop sign there and there's nobody coming, should you stop? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I guess. If you can see all directions and you know that you're not going to cause an accident, should you be forced to stop at a stop sign? It's a rule, Jennifer. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts? I'm just Eight playing seven, that out. 573-874-9390. Should jaywalking be a crime? Should you be able to be ticketed and stopped for that? I say no. I say... The government doesn't need yeah, to, like, silly. protect me. I mean, it might be a little different. And no, I still say no regardless. Like if, But if you're at an intersection and it says don't walk and you well, still here's walk. The thing. There's a I, lot of uh, people coming out of uh, establishments that serve liquor. <laughs> and that's probably why they have it, you know, for people that can't make really good decisions. And they put themselves in a predicament. But they think we're too stupid to be free. Like I understand. That's yeah. on you. Uh, if you choose to get drunk and then stumble into the yep. middle of the street. But what if they don't have insurance and then the person that hit them, you know, goes on their insurance? It's just one of those things. That's probably how those laws started. It was the fact that somebody got hit. They didn't have insurance. And they said, well, we have to do something. You know how laws begin. Yeah, they do. Like, bad fakes, facts make bad laws. But even a broken clock can get it right twice a day, in my opinion. I think um, I think Gavin Newsom has it right. Don't record that. It's just a clip and play it back at me, please, Brian, that I just said Gavin Newsom has something right. But I agree with him. This is libertarian-minded. Get rid of that law. And so... I am in favor of that, and I, that's the only thing I can think of that I've ever seen that I agree with Gavin Newsom doing. Usually, he's like this power-hungry tyrant that has locked people in their homes and has a lot of stupid ideas and is ruining that state. But we have a caller on line one, Judy. Welcome to the show. What do you think about jaywalking? 
Well, I understood that jaywalking was walking against the sign. And so um, a parking enforcement officer told me that one time. And that um, so walking across the middle of the street is not jaywalking. But I always thought it, that was jaywalking also. But he told me it was when you go against the light or the signals. I think that, well, it might depend on your municipality, what the rule is. But I, The uh, definition for jaywalking is cross or walk in the street or road unlawfully or without regard for approaching traffic. Thank you for the clarity. Yeah, I think it is considered jaywalking if you cross in the middle of the block and you don't go to the end of the block where there is a crosswalk in city blocks. But sometimes those blocks are long and you're unco- you got bad weather or whatever and there's no cars coming, so why not dash across in the middle? This comes up a lot more when you're in like Manhattan and things like that, but yep, it's a, technically a rule here too. So we'll have to agree with Gavin Newsom on something. I need to go take a shower now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, Scott Vaughn coming in pretty soon into the studio. We're going to be talking about a lot of different issues, the Senate races and more. And we're going to take a quick break and be right back with all your calls on this Frosted Buns Friday. It's Jennifer Bukowski filling in on the Gary Nolan Show on the Good Simmer Radio Network. And we're back on the Gary Nolan Show. It's Jennifer Bukowski filling in for Gary. We're talking jaywalking. Apparently, Gavin Newsom just legalized that. I agree with him. And we have a caller on line one. Jeremy, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts? Well, I think the jaywalking laws are more to protect the driver than anything. I personally know someone that was um, worked at a dealership here in town and they were walking across the middle of the road instead of going to the intersection. Had they gone to the intersection and they were hit by that car, then it would have been on the driver of the vehicle. In the middle of the road, they were responsible for it and the driver of the vehicle didn't have to cover any of their medical costs or anything. So that law is to protect the driver just as much as it is to protect the pedestrian. Interesting thought. Yeah, it is true. Like, you have comparative fault when you have a personal injury case and there's an injury and there is a lawsuit and you assess, like, who's more at fault. But I don't think you need a jaywalking law necessarily to say, well, the pedestrian was at fault for walking when it's dark and not going to, you know, where there is a nearby crosswalk that was not reasonable. But you're right that it does make it more clear if the there was a law violation there that they were crossing in the middle of the block. And so that was definitely negligent. But right. well, but that person obviously didn't care about the jaywalking law and did that anyway. So right. It's not really but preventing people from jaywalking they're... necessarily. Right, but then that's why it's there to protect you as the driver. Interesting. Even you're not doing anything out of the realm of what you can legally do as a driver, and a person walks out in front of you. It's not your fault. Where that law does not, and it's a shame. That well, you don't need that, that law, law for that. that. I and I, I see where you're going with that, but unfortunately, as dumb as people are nowadays, I wholeheartedly believe we have to have a law like that that simplifies something like that to take the idiocracy out of it. Well, thank you for the call, Jeremy. I don't think we're too dumb to be free. 
I don't think the government needs to hold our hands through life. I think we can make these decisions as the you big boys and big girls. You don't think we're too stupid girls. to figure things out on our own? Oh, without like government help? Oh, we need government to inspect to see if you <laughs> yes. can like rent a room in your house to someone. Absolutely. Like, because like you might rent a, house, a room out of a house from someone that yeah, is bad. That. Government needs to make sure you're okay. Shame on you for even thinking such <sighs> a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I. I'm just so grateful for my betters those bureaucrats deciding everything for me uh do we have another caller here on line two brent welcome to the gary nolan show hey good morning yeah uh just a little question and a simple follow-up uh jaywalk what does j stand for i'm not sure it's j-a-y when it's spelled out Okay. So, I was just kind of wonder what the heck a J is. I, I should have asked Jay Ashcroft about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Then I follow up with this. If I would have, uh, you know, accidentally run in, you know, hit somebody, I would say, hey, guess who I just ran into today? That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught that. I got the uh, history okay. of Jaywalk, if you'd like to hear what Yeah, they, I just what saw that. I uh, just Googled that myself. What do you got, Brian? The word was formed in imitation of a slightly older word, the J-driver, this initially referred to a driver of horse-drawn carriages or automobiles who refused to abide by the traffic laws in a fairly specific way. They drove on the wrong side of the road. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, the origin of the term J, meaning gay or merry, uh, it comes from a Frankish word, but yeah, J-drivers are just... Happy and going anywhere they please, including much, the wrong yeah. way on the road. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't think you're going the wrong way if you're crossing the street as a pedestrian. You're going the way you need to go. And, like You should be able to do that. And if you run out into traffic and get hit, yeah, you should be comparatively held at fault for that. Just like if a driver drove up on the sidewalk and hit you, they would be at fault for doing that. Like, yeah. Right-of-way rules should still apply, though, of course. And you should defer to the cars unless you have the signal at an intersection that you're allowed to walk. In any event, uh, we have the Nicholas Cruz got life in prison, not the death penalty. Some folks are upset about that. I'm upset about the fact that this kid pled guilty and they had a three-month-long God knows how expensive trial to try to give him the death penalty to begin with. I don't think we should be doing that. And actually, the death penalty kind of re-victimizes the victims because it comes up, oh, it's about to be the execution date. You have all these appeals. Now he'll Will get he life without parole treatment? and they can be forgotten about. Will he be given treatment while in prison for his mental health issues? I, or is he just locked away? He can get some medication, but he's not going to get like a psychiatrist visiting him. I, I doubt right. highly, except to like I assess just wondered, his medication. You know, oftentimes, these people that do these crimes, they have to have mental issues, and instead of addressing those, they just toss them in jail. Not that he's ever going to benefit from anything, but I don't know. It just seems like um, we ignore a lot of mental health issues that um, are dominating right now in this country. Right. And well, a juror says that a crime may have been committed in the jury room because she felt threatened during the debate um, while the jurors deliberated. You know, there are reasons that we very rarely, if ever, delve into the discussion in the jury room. That is like sacred. That is secret. If she was threatened, she should have brought that up before they came out with a verdict, in my opinion. 
All right. Scott Fawn is next, uh, publisher of the Missouri Times. We're taking your calls on this Frosty Your Bun Friday, too. Don't go away. This is Jennifer Bukowski filling in for Gary Nolan on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. And we're back on the Gary Nolan Show. Jennifer Bukowski filling in. Brian Hansen producing the show, telling me how to hit all these buttons over here. And I'm joined by my friend and Missouri Times publisher, Scott Fawn. Welcome to the show. It is so great to be here. I always learn something when I talk to you. Well, I appreciate that. I wish my husband felt the same sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are you thinking for... It's a Froster Buns Friday, so you can call in on the topic of your choice. But I wanted to ask Scott, what do you think about the U.S. Senate races? Do the Republicans take it back? You know, I I don't know about the other states as much. I've been, I've been listening to your your show on the way over, and I I feel like I ask people. I think Trudy Bush is a very nice person, and she's someone that you could vote for if you want. If you if you have a more liberal view of the world than I do, and you chose to vote for her, I think that's a fine vote. You don't have to be ashamed at all of that. I just don't think very many Missourians are going to do it. I think Trudy Bush is going to hold the Democrat numbers Nicole Galloway held, maybe improve a little bit. And I think the, the bottom line is Eric Schmidt is a tremendous candidate. Eric Schmidt is an outstanding politician. Uh, I, I do think he's taken some of the, uh, the, the more silliness to about the limits that most folks care for. But I think he probably had to do that to win the primary. And I do believe, I, I tell folks that are concerned about how goofy he's acted the last year, that, hey, two years from now, we'll sit down. And I'll buy you a Bud Light if you don't think he's been a great senator, because I think he will be. I think he's as close to Roy Blunt as the state could have elected this year, who I believe is uh, one of the greatest states we've ever had. And I think Eric Schmidt will be, he won't be Roy Blunt, but you can't compare people to Roy Blunt. That's not fair. But I think what he will be is an outstanding senator that the state will be proud of once he's in office. Well, I... uh, I'm sure he appreciates those sentiments. I'm looking at the map, though, and Missouri's safe, which is good. Uh, We don't have to worry about messing up again and i feel like we're making up for sending claire mccaskill to the senate for so long because there's a moment on the floor of the senate the other day i wish i had sent brian this clip i tweeted it but he is using discovery from eric schmidt's lawsuit to get a facebook executive on the record admitting that there were federal state actors involved with the suppression of speech with regards to covid like that they were instructed by the federal government, which is something you have to prove for a First Amendment violation, because if Facebook, a private company, silences you, that's their prerogative. Yeah. But if the government instructs you to do so, then that's a government action. Then that can be a constitutional right violation. And it was like, talk about show me state teamwork. Here we have our AG, Eric Schmidt, has filed this suit and the discovery from that suit is being used by Josh Hawley to adduce more evidence on the record. And uh, even Holly pointed out, like, they will be very interested in your responses. Thank you for your candor. So we are going to have Schmidt and Holly in there, and that will kind of hopefully make up for Claire McCaskill being there for 12 years. Well, I, I tell you what, I think there is no question. This is why I like coming on your show, because I agree with you. Facebook's a business. If they want to censor your speech, that's their business. If Brian Hawksworth, whatever news he thinks is the most relevant to his viewers, he's going to tell it to you. The viewers are going to decide and keep coming back or not. But if the government was involved in it, I see that's the wrinkle. That's the part that's wrong. Uh, then that's interesting. I, I do think that's interesting. And I, you know, um, we have Roy Blunt and he's a fantastic senator enormous shoes to fill it'll probably take both of them to fill them but that is uh that is interesting how uh the government was telling i I believe they were i think the government um it's one of those things every every villain every good villain in a movie like the villain in die hard he thought he was right 
Remember the first Die Hard where that guy wanted some prisoners freed or something? He thought he was right. Then the government thought they were right. They thought they were the good guys. And they thought the ends justified the means. And they were willing to break a lot of rules to do it. They sure are. The game, it's Game of Thrones, but luckily not quite as brutal. But those are the most interesting villains, in my opinion, or the ones that you can kind of relate to and kind of see. Well, we think we're saving people. But well, as mind, this went yeah. on and on, it was harmful to us to, like, quash all debate or all discourse. It slowed down, like, trying to figure out how to best handle the situation of the pandemic. Uh, do we have callers, Brian? On Yeah, nope. Uh, line one, uh, Tina is on line one. Welcome to the show, Tina. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Um, Josh Holly endorsed uh, Vicky. Will he? Uh, will he accept Eric? Yeah, that's a you good think? question. I was wondering, like, how is that relationship going to um, unfold? Because they're kind of similar in that they're both like on Fox News saying the points like Blunt is not one that's on Fox News all the time Vicky would have been more like that I think where you're, she's more focused on um, you know I don't know doing her committee work and working on the votes and all that kind of stuff so We'll have to wait and see. What do you think, Scott? I you think know. it's a little TMZ-ish, to be honest with you. Look, I, I, if you're if you're Josh Hawley, you got a good thing going in Washington, right? Um, I do think after Senator Blunt's gone, maybe when he's a senior senator, he'll step up and maybe talk about some things a little more Missouri, uh, and maybe do help some projects here in Missouri. But I think he's got a good thing going, and I think probably he wasn't that thrilled with a taller, also articulate guy. Uh, coming in from the same state if you could pick you probably wouldn't have picked that it'll be interesting to see the two of them because they're both going to want attention i think schmidt will probably be a little more serious about how, about the work he does for the state of missouri and maybe holly's fine with that but i think it'll be interesting because i mean if if uh, tucker carlson has an opening at seven forty-five at night i think they both want it and are they, is he going to have two republican senators on the same week the same month i don't from know the same state exactly and they're uh, interested in a lot of the same things uh, so, like, this lawsuit involves Facebook. You know, Halley had a lawsuit involving Facebook when he was briefly attorney general. They're both interested in the Judiciary Committee. And, and well, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll both say publicly a lot of the same things. But, I mean, right here in Columbia, we have an enormous challenge as a state to rise up to. we got to replace this nuclear reactor. Nobody understands, I don't think, fully how much the research that provides, much less the power here, here right on the campus of Mizzou and Columbia. It's going to take every Missourian stepping up in some small ways to do this and majorly a commitment from the federal government. And that's going to take a serious person. You can talk about all the Facebook stuff you want. That's fine. I guess that's cute for the folks that like that sort of thing, the sort of thing those sort of people like. But in reality, you need somebody like Roy Blunt that can produce. And I think Schmidt will. Okay, good. Well, I hope you're right. And it's interesting that Josh Howley, who's graduated law school the same year as me, but is younger than me, technically. I pretend otherwise, but he is. <laughs> is going to be our senior senator. Did you know that Bernie Sanders, who's been there forever, is the junior senator from Vermont? I didn't, but that, that matters a little bit in Washington. You'd be surprised. They're not as much as it used to, but that still matters on some things, uh, who the senior senator is. So. Well, uh, their senior senator, Patrick Leahy, just went to the hospital. Uh, he was not feeling well. Uh-oh, was he about He's to be 82. the senior senator? <laughs> but I was like, are you kidding me? Bernie Sanders has been there forever, and he's not their senior senator yet. That just amazes me. Well, he likes to be on TV, too. 
He sure does. Yep. And he likes his pudding or whatever else he says. Uh, he's he's quite the character. But I don't know if uh, Leahy ends up like having to resign or whatever. Hopefully he is doing well. It was so interesting to but me to hear are, Jay Who are they going to pick next out of Vermont? After picking Bernie, I just can't even imagine. I'm going to bet it's probably not someone you or I would jump to vote for. Uh, but I found it interesting listening to Jay Ashcroft talk. You know, I, I think it's a pretty open, openly known thing. If Jay Ashcroft would have wanted that seat, he would have had it. Uh, Jay Ashcroft had everybody lined up behind him. He just preferred to run for governor, I think, instead of run for U.S. Senate. Uh, and, and it was interesting to hear his takes. They were almost national takes. There was a, I, I listened to the whole interview. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, he, he sounded like a national politician almost. Well, I mean, if you are running a state, you need to be aware of the state of the country. And we did talk mm -hmm. education, which is a state issue. Mm -hmm. we, well, <laughs> we talked about the constitutional amendments. It used to time. be a local issue. Now, when the Republicans, when, the, when they elected the local control folks, they decided it was a state issue. God forbid you elect them nationally. I think they might have said everything's a national issue. No, it is a local issue. That's why you need to have school choice so you can locally decide which school is the best for your child and it not be determined by your zip code. Well, you could also locally elect your own school board member, and then they could locally decide what's best to do with what's the best school to have. I think it's way better to have, like, the money. Follow the money. That's what people, anytime you're wondering, like, why people are doing things, follow the money. <laughs> It's always uh, sourced the real motivations of people. Uh, often that is often the case. And if you start letting the money follow the students where they choose to go, the schools will be responsive to providing the best education to the different students, depending on what the students' needs are. Maybe one school is going to be the best athletes. One school might be having the most rigorous academics. One school might have the best orchestra. But you're going to have teachers that are responsive to parents and not just saying things like, there was a, a friend of mine's child gets, this is like during the pandemic, they finally go back for a little in-seat tuition or in-seat school. And this teacher tells all the students, I'm just, I'm only here because your parents don't want to babysit you. Like well, you're here to do your job and you're a teacher and this is what you signed up for. The fact that a public school teacher feels at liberty to make comments like that just is amazes me see this is why i love having these conversations with you i could talk I, we could we could go this all day but but luckily for you jen there is a place where they've decided you can do that the money does follow the student exactly and and in i'm Arizona. sure no, well hold on there's a whole nationwide data we can get about how responsive the schools are once the, pay, the money follows the student it's called higher education how responsive are they well, that is a very good point. <laughs> it is called higher education, but that is not something that where, you know, you are all having to pay into it at the level that we are now. And it's not something that everyone needs. And I think it's just important to do something to improve our outcomes for our students because it's not fair for poor kids to be trapped in failing schools and not have an option to try to get into a different better school you, you know i'm all for lobbyists there's a there's a fine way to make a living lobbying uh, i used to think all the charter school stuff was just lobbyist claptrap todd richardson actually said what about when the state who is it is a state over it oversees it when the, by the state's own standards the school fails what do you do then and I thought that was a, such a – Todd Richardson, by far the smartest old boy that came out of Butler County by a country mile. Uh, that was a good point to me. And I think the state's got an interesting thing right now where – Well, they have a disincentive to find any of them failing. They find all of them performing adequately. They give the same grade. They hide all their data. That's why the Show Me Institute sends this 
awesome project, MostSchoolRankings.com, where they rank them one through 500 or whatever the case may be, comparing test scores and looking at the actual raw data from the Dusty website. Did they rank the charter schools? Uh, they might be ranked in there, too, yeah. So uh, we need a break, Brian says. I'm uh, Jennifer Bukowski filling in for Gary Nolan, talking to Missouri, publisher, Missouri Times publisher Scott Fawn on the Gary Nolan Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Before I begin, let me say a few words quickly about today's report on inflation. Americans are squeezed by the cost of living. It's been true for years, and folks don't need to be a report to tell them they're being squeezed. Fighting this battle every day is a key reason why I ran for president of the United States. <laughs> so, breaking news in 2020 or 2019, Joe Biden decided to run for the presidency to fight inflation. And inflation in 2019 was 1.6%. Now, 87 It was as high as 9.1. Good job, Joe. He knows that driving it up is not a good thing, right? Yeah, he wants to get that inflation higher. America deserves more inflation. Does he even know what time it is? It's no. just amazing to me. <laughs> Watching that uh, Senate debate in Ohio the other night, you know, you have a Democrat and a Republican. I just so appreciated having two intelligent people at the top of their game argue about the issues. That is not what we get with Sleepy Joe at all, is it, Scott? Well, I'd tell you, I was over at Knob Noster last week. I was getting gas. This fellow was talking, and he uh, he was putting his Donald Trump 2024 20, uh, sticker on his truck while he's getting gas. And we were just chatting and whatever, and I said, but why do you think uh, so Schmidt's going to win? He goes, oh, he's going to win. He's going to be great. And I'm like, yeah, I'd probably agree with you. Go, why? He goes, well, I'll tell you what. When Trump was in office, I could I could fill my truck up. I'd give the clerk 220s. They'd give me back folding money. Today, I have to swipe my card twice and hope I got enough credit to fill my truck up. Oh, yeah. And that's just scoreboard. And y- 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 the fact is the that's Biden because of the greedy failed. gas station owners. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why. Right? Yeah, they're, they're just deciding they're arbitrarily, people. all of them all at the same time, to increase those prices. Let's investigate that and find out that that's not the case yet again. I'm just I, not I, sure I, what the argument they, for Biden is. Like, right? what do you say you got done? They don't have much, do the, they? The highway they have, b- bill is something that, that you could see results from. Uh, I, as anybody that, like me, took the 6370 interchange t- t- today, okay, maybe that's something government should do. But after that, I'm not sure what his case is. The world's more dangerous. It costs twice as much to live. I really don't. I'm not necessarily, by, by just when I wake up, a hater of Joe Biden. I just don't know what you would say, what he would say he did. I think that is precisely why they're so desperate to keep this January 6th thing in the news and to keep bringing up abortion nonstop. Because that has made some women mad and suburban women are a swing vote. And the Herschel Walker hit this October surprise on him could affect that race. Do you worry about Trump? I mean, his political horse sense, which I always thought Trump's ability to read people and read politics was 10 on 10. Whatever you think of him, his ability to just read a person is great. I mean, he has really put the Republicans behind the eight ball in these Senate races. His candidates that he's picked have not been successful. Now, here's the thing about Trump. Trump is such a genius about reading folks. Maybe there's an undervote there for the TV doctor in Pennsylvania and the, and Herschel Walker. I don't know. But if when you go so far out on people that maybe you could have looked a little, kicked the tires a little more on, and they've ran what I think by all accounts are bad campaigns. I mean, I wor- I wonder what that says about Trump's ability to read the electorate two years from now. Right. I mean, Trump 
did have some picks in, in his administration that were questionable, like the villain from The Apprentice was in there <laughs> with security clearance running around Home Rosa, yeah. wreaking havoc, which is like, that's her job when she's come on Trump shows before. She goes in yeah. there and causes chaos, and lo and behold, she did that again. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh. But uh, judges, he did a good job picking judges. If he is on the ballot in the general, I'm picking him, but I'm very excited about DeSantis. But I am hearing more positive things of like Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz are saying we're winning the Senate. It's going to be 52 or 53. So they must think that we're going to hold Pennsylvania, we're going to hold Ohio, and then we're going to flip either, I, we're going to flip Nevada, Nevada, I think. And then they must be thinking to get to 52 or 53, they must be thinking that we're going to get Arizona, Georgia, or New Hampshire, or two of those three. I think Republicans have a tremendous case to take to the voters this fall because every midterm is a referendum on the president to some extent, especially when he has both houses of Congress. I, I don't know what the Democrat message is that, hey, we got this done. I understand there's some abortion folks that, you know, I look, if you believe in abortion rights passionately and that's why you vote, you, you have a very, very great case for Democrats to make to you. However, regular folks, I don't think live and die with abortion. And I don't know what your case is to folks. It, it, if you have a qualified candidate, if a candidate passes the smell test, I think you have a great case to make, and you could get to 52-53. Yeah, and you're seeing in Arizona, this is interesting, this latest push, Peter Thiel had funded, you know, Blake Masters in the primary, had not come up with more money, but now there's this big push to close the gap because they've been outraised by the astronaut uh, incumbent Mark Kelly, it looks like they think that one's in play now. And we're getting some national money backing that. And that's a really good sign if you want to um, look at how the experts think races are going to yeah, go. Look where they play their money. And now they're going to start to play it down in Arizona, which gives me hope because he's been pulling behind the whole time. And they must think that that one's doable with some money. You start to see those National Democrat ads on TV or radio here. Then you're like, okay, the Missouri Senate race is getting close. Until you do, they know. They know. Yeah, their money is not showing up, yeah. unless it's like a candor pander or something. <laughs> uh, the money, if, if the money's not there, they don't really think they're going to win, even if they're claiming that. But anyways, this has been so fun. Thank you, Brian Hansen. Thank you, Scott. You're Hunt. welcome. Thank you. Filling in for Gary Nolan. He'll be back next week. And uh, I've been delighted to be here with you all. I look forward to talking to you every Tuesday at 1030. You can also follow me on Twitter at Esquire. On fire. You can go to MissouriTimes.com. Please do. And check out his uh, paper and his uh, TV show, This Week in Missouri Politics, which I always enjoy when I'm included on that show. So until, until then, remember, you live in the greatest country in Earth's history. Don't forget to take a moment and enjoy it while it lasts.